Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. And it's the place in the Bible where Abraham has died. Blessed through. And at this moment, they're down in the, in the land, the, the land of um, where Abimelech, in the land of dig them again. Sometimes we've got to dig them again. Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. Got notes stuck everywhere. See, I'm not quite up to them. Pastor done it today. I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So my daddy told me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like a Bible. I like a hard copy. I just, that's me. So Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. Again, Abraham is deceased, has died, and they're down in the land of the Philistines. Verse 12 says, then Isaac sowed in that land. And received in the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them. And filled them with earth. And Abraham said unto Isaac, Go from, and Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, Gerar, depending on where you're from, tomato, tomato, and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. If you look in 21, it says, and they digged another well. And look in 22, it says, and they digged another well. And look in 25, and it says, the servants digged a well. So in all that being said, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Father, we come to give you thanks, we give you praise, we give you honor. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We feel, Lord, way less privileged than we ought to be. But, Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you're able to use whosoever will. So, Father, we ask you now that you would speak your words to me, speak your words through me, Lord, let it fall upon hearts and minds that are ready to receive it. And, Father, we'll never fail to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Dig them again. How are you going to? Sometimes we got to do it all over again. Jesus told them in Revelation, go back and do your first works over again. Sometimes we have to, in this life, things happen of our own doing or just because it's called life. Nobody gets out alive. But life sets in and things happen. Well, in this case, the Philistines, they came in and they began to, they envied, hated, despised, or were jealous of, of, of Abraham and now of Isaac. And so what did they do? They took 
and filled in the wells of, of, of a necessity. Water. How many of you know water is a necessity of life? And when I, when I even back, years ago when I read this, I thought, they're not real smart. If I block your water supply up, guess who else's water supply blocked off? But the Bible says they, they filled them in with dirt. And I'm thinking, don't they need water too? But Satan hates God and God's people. And Satan has people in places that can stumble, cause us to stumble, cause us to hinder our walk with him. And there's times in this life that we have to go back and dig them again. The Bible says that John 10 says that he's a liar. Satan is a liar. He will whisper things in your ear that are no more. If he says it, it's going to be a lie. He couldn't tell the truth. And he says in John 10 also, he said, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to tear you and I down. He will use different things, different weapons to stop us. And we, for the most part, will sit back and allow it sometimes. Scripture says the enemy had stopped and filled up the wells and they needed this water. And what most of us do when things start happening, we go into what was me. Thank you. We have the pity party. We, I wrote a bunch of D words down. There's not, not D bad words, D words. We get, we, we get disappointed. We get dismayed. We get disassociated. We get disheartened. We get displeased. We get distressed. We get discouraged. We get discontent. We get disillusioned. We get dissatisfied. That's not who God is. God, He said, I've come that you might have joy and have, have I've come that you have, might have life and have it more abundantly. But the enemies come in. And he's clogged up some things in our life. In so many places, he's shut them down. And we've got to go back and we've got to dig them again. Well, what are they? i got three or four. And as I was reading over this today, the Lord kind of combined them up on me. So you bear with me here a minute. One of the things that the enemy, we've allowed the enemy to do, we have become a, and I say we, we have become a bunch of spiritual bulimics or anorexic. You know what that means? I'm going to tell you. Man of God gets up. He spits the word out to you. That's not right. I mean, it's because if somebody spits, you don't want to catch it in your mouth anyway. But the, the man of God preaches the word of God to you, <laughs> preaches his heart out to us, and we shake our heads, we wave our hands and, and, and agree with what he said, we walk out the door and we let it go. What anorexic and bulimic people do, they got this eating disorder, they, they eat and they go in a back room somewhere and they spit it back out. Doesn't get any nutrient from it. We have got to become a people again who will, one of the first things we got to dig out, we got to dig this book out again. We got to get to a place again that this word of God becomes the most important thing in our life. It needs to be the first thing we think about in the morning and the last thing we think about in the night. Say, how important is the Word of God? The Bible said, I heard this a long time ago, you may have heard it. B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. This is our roadmap. 
This is what we need to survive in this life. The Bible, this word, Psalm 119, 140, the word is pure, therefore thy servant loves it. Can we say that, that we love this? You know, I hate these things. You're trying to read something right in the middle of what you're reading or you're watching and it pops up. Do you love this app? No. I don't love this app. You get out of the way. But he said, the word is pure, therefore thy servant loves it. We've got to come to a place that we love this word. For 119 of Psalm 41. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You see that bumper sticker out all the time or T-shirts. and God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Eh, wrong. God said it. That settles it. It don't matter if you believe it or not. God said it. It's real. It's going to come to pass. Psalm 119.41. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. The word 119 also says, Thy word, O God, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We've got to become a, a people that will once again dig out the well which is called the word of God and once again get it to a place that we make it priority in our life. Because you used to see an old church sign, one day without bread or one week without bread makes one week. W-E-A-K. One week without bread, we get weak. We got to have this word. You read in the book of Second Chronicles, the 34th chapter. Josiah, a young man only eight years old, has now become the king. And it says, he did that which was right. He followed after his father David. He done those things that was right. And he said he did right before God, just like David. And he began to, about the six, when he was 16 years old, he began to cleanse the land of its idols and its uh, temples and all these fake gods and molding, molding images. And he just started to clear the land out, clear, get, trying to get these people to, 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 to live right. And they were, the last thing he was assigned to do, he was going to rebuild the temple. And it says that he uh, commissioned a man by the name of Shapan to go and be in charge of seeing the temple cleaned. And so Shapan, being the overseer, he commissions or he talks to a gentleman by the name of Helkiah. And Helkiah is now in charge of the labor force and getting all the materials and getting all the money, getting it ready to get this temple rebuilt. And it says that while Shapan, while Helkiah went down to the house, and it says in the middle of getting all the things together and, and being in the destructions of, the, of the, the temple, I guess, the Bible says he found the book, the law of Moses. So he grabbed that book. And he took it to the to his overseer, took it to Shapan. He said, I found the book. And he said, okay. So he takes the book and he gives the book to the king. He gives the book to Josiah. And Josiah, it says, he opened the book. And he began to have the man, the have it read to him. Look over in Second Chronicles chapter 34. If you're keeping up or if you're writing those, Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse 18. Then Shapan, the scribe, told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. 
And Shaphan read it before the king, and it came to pass when the king heard, had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Achim, the son of Shaphan, and Abdon, the son of Micah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Asa, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for them that are left in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in the book. Verse 19 says that he rent his clothes. That's a sign of repentance. That's a sign of being realizing how broken that we are. When we get back in this book, we... Was it here somebody said something about... I think Nick preached it when he was here. And the man of God preached talked about this morning. Why do good things, why do bad things happen to good people? Who's the good people? Jesus said, there's none good. But he found the book. And when we get back in this book, it helps us to realize, and I do when I preach in every day a whole lot, I use, and if I do this, but I'll use props. Word pictures are worth a thousand words. But James said it's like a man that goes to the mirror and beholds himself. I don't have hair to straighten up, so you've got to look beyond that, but. I did at one time, had a little bit. But he said, he, James said, you go to, the, uh, to a mirror and behold yourself. And for the spiritually, what a lot of us do, we go looking at that mirror and we say, not too bad. We're going about our business. But the Bible says if we go to that mirror and we, we look and see, we don't measure ourselves against who we are, but we're to measure ourselves against what this word says. And it says if we will change, then God can do something with that. But we've got to be willing to change So. We've got to be a people who, once again, dig out, go back. The first one we've got to dig out is the Word of God. Got to get back to a place where the Word of God becomes important, important in our life. Above all, I mean, we can Facebook. We can read newspaper. What amazes me, and I, says, and I, I went to school with some people, <clears throat> Good friends with them. Some of them are Christians. They can tell you who won the Super Bowl in 1961. They can tell you who won last year. I really don't know. They know who won the Rookie of the Year of, in, in baseball in 1978. All this junk stuff. Tell me the first four by... First four books of the New Testament. They can't do it. All that stuff doesn't make... It's, it's useless. We used to sing a song back when I was a kid, Sending Up My Timbers. When we get in this book is when we start building ourselves up and we're sending things up to God that one day when we get to meet Him, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. So the first thing of the Word of God, we got to dig out that well again, the Word of God. Second thing is prayer. Jesus didn't say if you pray. Matthew said when you pray. Prayer's got to become something again that we, we dig it out because we, we get too busy. I say we. Get 11 o'clock in the morning and say, oh, Lord, I've not prayed today. Overslept, got busy, whatever it is, you're excuse that 
Was it somebody said, I ain't got no peanut butter? It doesn't matter. It, it, we've got to be, become prayer warriors again. Prayer. I skimmed around. Three or four different kinds of prayer. We've got adoration. I like that one. Praise and adoration. That's just simply telling God, thank you for, for, for who you are. Realizing that this is the maker, creator of all that we see and all we'll ever see. That's our God. The God who give heavens, there used to be a song, he banked her up heaven for me. He give heaven's best for me. So we need to be a people of, of, of adoration and praise and worship. Then there's petition and intercession and supplication. That's going on behalf of your needs or somebody else's needs. That is bombarding or banging on heaven's doors until something happens. Now, I was late getting into the church of God or coming around church of God, but heard the stories of praying until till breakthrough comes. Till, I mean, if it meant tearing at an altar, then we're going to stay there. But that's that petition and intercession and supplication. Then again, there's thanksgiving. That's just saying demonstration. times, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. We're always asking God for something instead of sometimes just saying, God, thank you for what you've given to me, what you've done for me. Prayer. Too busy. But see, prayer is just, is building a relationship It's not all King James either. Heavenly Father, thou us who sittest on the throne. And you don't talk to nobody that way. Just talk to God like you're talking to your best friend. He'll hear you. Prayer. What's the word say? To thee, O God, will I pray. Psalm 5, 2. Evening and morning and noon will I pray and my soul cry out loud. First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. We need to become people who, it's just so second nature to us to pray. You know, I was, uh, this is a habit I used to have. Don't tell me to pray for you. Pray for me, Randy. I'm having a little problem with surgery tomorrow. Because if you tell me now, Father, in Jesus' name, right now. Because I'll go home and I'll forget, Mick. I promise you, I'll forget about it. We've got to become people who are willing to pray. Walmart, Kmart, Kroger, we ain't got no Kmart, or Kroger, wherever you're at, Walgreens, go ahead and grab them by the hand and pray for them. Be bold about it. God, God will bless you. God will help them and God will bless you. Prayer. We don't get sometimes, James said, because we don't ask. And he said sometimes we ask for the wrong reason, for our own evil, our own wrongful desires. But we've got to come to people of prayer. I'm going to tie this one in with this other one. Let me finish this. If my people who are called by my name shall pray, humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. See, a lot of times people quote that and don't quote the whole thing. Turn from their wicked ways, and then, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. 
There's, it's two parts to it. We've got to become a people that pray and don't quit. The Bible in Matthew talks about a woman who had a daughter vexed with a demon. She was a Canaanite. These were not believers. She may have been a believer, but the, the Jewish people didn't like them. Prejudice was in the Bible. Read it. It's in there. And it says that she wanted her daughter healed. And she went, so she knew that Jesus was passing by, was in the, in the area, and she went and cried out to him and said, Son of David, I've got a daughter who's vexed. Heal her. The Bible says he didn't say a word. The disciples said, send her away. She's one of those Canaanites. Send her away. She troubles us. She troubles you. She said, Lord. The Bible says she came and worshiped and said, Lord, have mercy upon my daughter. She needs healed. I'm paraphrasing. And it says Jesus stopped. And the disciples are still trying to get rid of, get, get rid of her. And it says, he made a remark back to her. He said something about the, the crumbs or the dogs don't eat. Somebody can look it up. And she, she replied back to him, Yea, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs. She didn't quit. See, I preached this message a long time ago. He never told her no. He never told her no. God don't always answer us yes. Sometimes he says wait. But he never told her no. But she didn't quit just because he didn't get a response. And I always use my kids. I had girls. Now I've got granddaughters. I have no money. None. Dad, I want. But when they were real little, you know, you had that talk before you went. We had Kmart and Hex and what's another one down Ames. Don't ask for nothing when you go in the store. You're not getting a thing. You understand? <laughs> yeah, right. Can I have this? No. Daddy, can I have this? No. Daddy, I want this. Put it in the buggy. Even though I was saying no, they knew if they just kept pressing and kept pushing along enough. See, we've got to be that way with God. Don't quit. See, God may have your answer, but sometimes I think, how bad, God's saying, how bad do they want this? How bad do they need, he knows it already, but how bad do they want this really, what they're asking me for? Then there's this praise along with this prayer. And again, we, instead of our hands turned out, let's lift them up. Praise. The Bible says in Psalm 34, His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Psalm 50, verse 23, Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. Psalm 33, 1, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous one. Praise is becoming and appropriate for those who are upright in whose heart with moral integrity and good character. Praise ought to be second nature for us. Was that saying, when I think of the goodness and what He's done for me, makes me want to shout, shout, shout. Folks, I'm 60 years old alive today, and I never thought I'd be 50. God has had his hand on me, Danny. 
as far as I know, I'm healthy. But, but God could have, was 28 when I got saved. And believe me, I've not always walked real close to God. I've been so far away that I'm thankful that he was looking back at me because I wasn't looking toward him. But he's been faithful to me. And when I sit and think about how good he's been to me, there's nothing but praise ought to come out of my mouth. Because God, is, he's been good to every one of us here. Well, I've had COVID. I've had, we're still here. Preacher friend down, down in Florida said, COVID. He said, we fear it. He said, if you know God, the worst it can do is kill you. The worst it can do is, again, don't get me wrong. Like a little boy, preacher was preaching, said, how many want to go to heaven? Everybody in the church stuck their hand up except little Johnny. At the church, priest said, Johnny, did you not understand what I said? He said, oh, preacher, I heard what you said. I thought you meant right now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm ready to go, but not ready to go. Does that make sense? But prayer. Praise. Hebrews 13. Let us therefore, 13, 15. Therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise, praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Something ought to come out of this mouth. Sometimes it's saying, again, everybody's not loud. Everybody don't move around like Happy and me and Larry. And that's, however you do it your own way. But let God know. You look back and there's big tears coming. I'm big, I've become the biggest crybaby. I ain't crying to commercials yet. I ain't there. But I can look at my grandbabies and I know how blessed I am. I thank God for them. I look at my, my children. I know how blessed. I look at my life. I know how blessed I am. So it's easy for me to give God thanks and praise. Psalm 150. Everybody knows that one. Let everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You're breathing, aren't you? So well, you don't know how bad it's been. No, I don't. No, I don't. Really don't. But I know how good he is. The Bible says in Acts chapter 16. Let me find it. Let me write it down. Paul and Silas out doing God's work. Preaching. Sharing the gospel. Doing exactly what they've been called and commissioned, equipped, anointed to do. And it says there's a woman that was being used by a man for, for financial gain and she followed him around for days and Paul said, I've had enough of this in the name of Jesus. Get that out of her. And it says it went out and she went back and told her, her master. And the Bible says that they come and collected Paul and Silas and give them a good whipping. That's Boone County, whipping. And put them in jail. Now you've got to remember this is in South Central. They whipped them and put them in jail for doing God's work. He was out there in the lobby while I go. Danny had to catch me. I stumbled on. I don't know what I. I mean, I went across there like a rocket, and uh, I started just quitting, go home. And that's what we do. Anything happens in our life, the washing machine breaks down. I'm done with this. I'm crazy about my vehicle. I really am. So my daughter calls me the other night. She says, Daddy, no. I knew she was in Danville. I had something to give to her over at Burnside's, crossing Burnside. She's getting something done to her. I don't know. And so I jumped in there and run and give her that box and come back out. And when I tell you I hate winter, I hate winter. There's several reasons. Them stupid backup cameras, I couldn't see nothing. So I backed up from maybe from here to that. Heard something go.
I said, well, you got to get out. <laughs> well, first thing I noticed, that guy's a pole there. Well, well. I want to throw rocks. I want to kick rocks. I want to say bad words. $1,600. Praise God. Wait. Praise God. There wasn't another car. Praise God. There wasn't somebody behind me. I can get a bumper. But in all things, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. God's good. Don't, again, I'm, I'm still biting my tongue. Of course, Carla said, you did what? I said, shut up. But we want to quit over any and everything instead of giving God thanks for what he's done, what he's doing. Paul and Silas were preaching, doing God's work, gets put in, takes a whipping, and gets put in jail. Probably beat them close to unconscious. So there they are. Locked up, beat up, battered, bruised. And it says, this is Randy's version of it. I think Paul woke up first or come back to conscience first. Silas. Silas. You awake. Paul. Barely. You, you, you okay? And he put a whipping on us, didn't he? Yeah, they did. What are we going to do, Paul? We got our ankles chained up. My Lord, there goes a rat by here. Again, they're not in South Central Regional Jail. They're in a, a, in a bottom. They're in a dungeon. Shackled up. Beat up. In the center. Paul, what are we going to do? Huh? Who signed me up for this, Paul? Come on. As long as it's good. Lord, I want to be a missionary. Send me to Hawaii. Yeah. I'll, I'll even go back. Lord, just send me to Florida. God said, well, I go across the street. Got unsaved neighbors across the street. Who signed me up? No, that's not what Silas said. He said, Paul, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to How did we get here? He said, it'll be all right. He said, Silas, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pray. You start singing. Do what? He said, Silas, you, you just start singing something, and I'm going to start praying. Paul starts, starts to pray. I think he prayed scripture. Whatever the books that he had, I think he prayed scripture. As the heart pants after the water brook, God, so panteth my heart after thee. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my cry. Just start going through your Psalms, and these can be, any of those could have been used when in this situation, because instead of saying, God, where are you at? 
God, I know you're there. So what's Silas doing over there? Happy to know this. We learned this back when we was way back in the day. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. They're praying. Paul, Silas is singing. Paul's praying. And the Bible says along about midnight, something started to happen. Folks, we don't know how close we are to something happening in our lives. We could be on the very edge, on the very precipice of something breaking through in our lives. He's giving God some praise. And it says long about midnight, in the midst of this praise and this worship and this prayer up to God, the Bible says there was a shaking going on. And the Bible says that the, the, as it began to shake, and uh, the, I used to sing a song, some of them were, were swearing, some of them were wondering what's going on, but it says every door opened up. And they were to walk out. And it says when they got there, the, the guard who was in charge of them had drawn his own sword ready to take his own life. And Paul said, hey, ho, oh, hey. See, he's better than me and you. You and I would say, start right here. <laughs> Let me help you. Let me swing it. He said, no, no, do yourself no harm. He said, look, we're, we're all here. Folks, there's something about the presence of God. You don't want to run away from it. It'll draw you in. They stayed and he ended up ministering to that guard that he gave his life to the Lord. Who knows how many else in that in that cell, in that prison that night, come to know Jesus Christ simply because of that willing to give God thanks and praise in the midst of no matter what you're going through. Folks, we, we can, a friend of mine, he's retired. We grew up together at work and was a big instrument, big, big, told him over the years, instrumental in me coming to know Jesus Christ. Not just by what he lived, but he went through something. His wife, they were pregnant. Nine months, nursery painted up, decorated up, went to the hospital. She said, Tony, I don't, I don't feel nothing. And went to the hospital. They done the test and still. And we're 20, mid-20s, something like, no, we're in the 30s because she, she was born after, she would have been born after my daughters were born, so. We were in our thirties, and uh, wasn't even, I wasn't saved. I was mad for him. He said, "God is good." He said, "God is good." One day we'll see my baby again. He even used that scripture, David. I can't, I can't bring it back, bring her back, but I can go to where she's at. That left impression in my head. That how do you? I said, "I'd have been angry." I'd have been angry. But him and his wife both, they went on to have two more daughters, and uh, uh, he and I, best of friends over the years. But uh, 
the praise because of not because of who I am, because of what he's done. That's the God that we serve. We got to get that praise and get that prayer back out of the well. We got to dig it up again. It's got to become a part of who we are. The enemies don't, you don't stick your hands up. You don't shout. You don't, yes, we do. It's okay. Somebody's got a war cry back here. Boy, it lights me up too. It's just like, let it go. Let it go. See, if you don't like noise here, you won't like heaven. Heard a preacher say one time, the men get there first. I said, what? 30 silence in heaven? 30 minutes in heaven? 30 minutes. What is Zanny? What is 30 minutes in heaven of silence. That's just a joke. That's not what I'm saying. Prayer and praise. This one's quick, I promise. We got to go to church again. We got to go to church again. Hey, COVID, this was happening way before. COVID was just the icing on the cake. That glory to God, I can stay home now. Now, I had a friend. He said, I love watching church on, in my pajamas with a cup of coffee. I, it's easy. It was convenient for a season. But, folks, there's something about being able to walk over and shake hands with somebody or give them a hug around their neck. Yeah, I'm back to hugging. I need that. Uh, I can't remember if Iron sharpens iron. There's something about this fellowship that we can, we can share with one another that you don't get sitting home in front of the TV. Oh, yeah, you feel a goosebump here or there, but when you can get in the midst and Happy's running around and Larry's running around and mix up here about to get beside him, there's something special in that. We need to go to church again. So I don't need, I've heard this in the years. I can be saved and not go to church. I'm not going to, I'm not your judge. Why don't you want to? Why don't you want to? And it always amazed me. I've not seen one in churches forever. The attendance. But they did it on Sunday morning. Yeah. And that always amazed me because if I was going to be one of those church day choosers, it wouldn't be Sunday morning. You got to get up. Wednesday night ought to be. You're already up. You've been to work. Go to, go to church. Or Sunday night. But don't need church. It's boring. Shouldn't be. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You didn't come necessarily to hear Mick, me. You come because God's here. So I, I just don't need church. Well, let's just go back in the Bible a little bit. I'm going to talk to you a minute about a man by the name of John. John the baptizer. Psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There ought to be. The preacher corrected me one time. I said, I was going somewhere. He said, I got a friend of mine. I said, I got to go to church today. He said, no, hold up. You don't got to go. You get to go to church. I got a mama up there, 93 years old. It's got dementia. She'd give anything to go to church one more time. Larry up there, Larry Grass, I guarantee he'd rather be here than where the best hospital in the world or he's 
cow. I don't know where he's even at, but I guarantee he'd rather be here. We ought to be excited when they say we can go to church. Luke 4, 4 verse 16. He, being Jesus, came to Nazareth where he was raised, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. Jesus went to church. The Son of God went to church. We need to go to church. John Baptist. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. The one who come on the scene screaming, repent, be baptized. Are you him? No, I'm not him. There's one coming after me who I'm not worthy to, to bend over and untie his shoes. He's going to, I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. This same John Baptist is the one who, when he finally showed up to be baptized as John, he said, oh, I shouldn't be able. He said, John, suffer it now. John said, okay. He dips him into water, and the Bible says that when he come up out of the water, there was a dove come down and set upon Jesus. You heard him say, that's my, that's, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'd have been a believer, Danny. That's him. This is real. That's him. The Bible, fast forward a few books, a few chapters over. John, again, because he's doing exactly what, you know, the we say the truth will set you free. The truth might get you put in jail. The truth may cost you your head. John Baptist told, was it Pilate? I don't remember which one. Herod. It wasn't right for him to be in the situation he was in. The woman got mad and said, what can I do? Give me John Baptist's head. So they put John Baptist in, the, in prison. So while he's there waiting, he said, John called for it. The Bible doesn't tell me how long he was in the jail. But see, when you get separate away, Peter said the, the, the devil's like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. When we get away from this, I've been there. Listen to me. I've been there. Almost a year I didn't go to church. When you get away from this fellowship, stuff happens. Officiating. We tell the kids when we do a little pregame, said, nothing good happens after the whistle blows. When you get away from church, nothing good happens. The devil, you're fair game. John's in prison. He calls for his disciples. He said, come here. He said, I need you to do something. He said, go see this Jesus and ask him if he's the one or should we go look for another one? But you can make it without going to church. This is John the Baptist who actually saw him who saw the Spirit of God descend on him like a dove, and yet down the road somewhere because he's been separated from the thing, from God and people of God, he says, is this him or do we need another one? Folks, we need to be in church. Every chance you get, get to church because you don't know what's waiting. Your, your blessing might be here that day. Your blessing may be, you may be that close to receiving the blessing that you got, that you need him. Hebrews 10, everybody knows, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good work, 
not forsaking the assembling of yourselves, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Folks, I need this. I want this. We need to go to church. Last one, and it's not long, I promise. It's a little word that a lot of folks don't like it. And there's a whole lot more, but these are just in my brain one real quick. But it's holiness. Don't like that word no more. We're in the grace dispensation. It's not sloppy agape. Do what you want. Run into the phone booth and say three Hail Marys and that's not that's not the Bible I read. Hmm. Holiness. Levi Levi. Leviticus. <laughs> yes, sir. Leviticus chapter twenty, verse seven. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy for I am the Lord your God. That's Old Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which holiness no man shall see God. We've got to get back to a place where sin is sin. What was sin in 1910 is sin today. God has not changed his mind on sin. Now, we, we've got alternate lifestyles. We've got, um, they don't call them drunks no more. They got, uh, what's the word? Uh, well, they've alcoholics. There's all kinds of fancy words because Instead of just saying it's you got a sin problem. Folks, we've all got it. But 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 by the but for the grace of God, there go I. I could be any one of those. Ephesians said, such were some of you. Folks, we've all been there. But we've got to get back to a place where holiness is priority in our life. We if, if God don't like it, we shouldn't like it. If God's not in it, we shouldn't get in it. We've got to get to a place where, again, that holiness, because that's just that certain church group. No, it's not. Remember the first time somebody said, that's the holiness church up road. I said, the what? That's the holiness church. I said, ain't we all? We both, I, I'm serious. I, was, I hadn't been saved very long, but they said something about a holiness church. I said, what do you mean a holiness church? They said, they preach the whole Bible. I said, don't we? Genesis to maps. The whole Bible. Second <laughs> Corinthians six sixteen. For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We gotta be a different people. We got we 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 gotta come across to a world that's lost and dying. But if they see us doing the exact same things that they're doing, 
How are we going to win them? How are we going to win them? We're talking the same talk. Going to the same places. We look the same. But see, God's not fooled. You might fool pastor. I might fool y'all. But God's not fooled. Be ye holy as I'm holy. I wrote this or got this the other day about holiness again. I got to find it. See if it was wrote down. Here we go. Holiness is the habit of being of one mind with God. A holy man will endeavor to shun every known sin and to keep every known commandment. A holy man will strive to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. A holy, it says man, I'm going to get off of that. A holy person will follow after meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, kindness, temperance, and govern his tongue. A holy person will follow after temperance and self-denial. A holy person will follow after charity and brotherly kindness. A a holy person will follow after a spirit of mercy and benevolence. A holy person will follow after purity of heart. A holy person will follow after the fear of God. That's gone. A holy person will follow after humility. A holy person will follow after faithfulness in all the duties and relations in life. A holy man will follow after spiritual mindedness. What did Paul say in um, Philippians? Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are holy, think on these things. But see, we got a world that's trying to blindside us, comes with everything at us, and trying to fill in our wells, so to speak. With you don't need that. You don't need to go there. Just that's just a. That's just another book. It's, it's not divine inspired. I believe every word, like I said, from Genesis to maps. But we got to once again get to a place where holiness is our life. And as, when, I, when I got done with this, I got to think as I OCD. You want things to be in order, but it all comes back. If you get into the Word of God, if you get into the Word of God, and fall in love with it, you'll become a person that prayer and praise is easy. Because you start reading about God, He's on every page. He's on every, He's on every page. And as you start reading through this, you just can't get you can't help get excited just a little bit because there He is. And if you read this book and fall in love with this book, you want to be here. Don't get me wrong; there's going to be times you miss, but when you can be here, you want to be here. And if you get in this book, you're going to realize that God demands our holiness. He expects it. What's that Corinthians, Romans? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. Folks, we've got to go back to a place that we live holy lives. We can have victory. We really can. But we've got to be willing to do as Isaac did and go back and dig out some of these wells again. We've got to get to a place that no, if it hurts, we got to do it. We just got to get back to a place where we got to dig. We can have 
I want peace in my life. I want joy in my life. Folks, it comes again to these wells. You got to get back, dig out some of these wells. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Folks, we can make it in this life. But just as those wells were life-giving, a necessity, essential for Isaac and his, his people, his family. Folks, those wells that I spoke about, they're essential to us. In order for us to make it, we've got to dig them out again. Got to get back to a place that God, no matter what it takes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back into my word. God, I'm going to become a, a prayer warrior. God, I'm going to become somebody who, who offers you praise, Lord, no matter what. Even when you knock the tail end of your truck off, there's still something to praise God for. You have to say it through gritted teeth, but praise God anyway. He's worthy of our praise. Folks, I want to thank you for allowing me this honor to, to just open this book up and be in front of you again. It blessed my, I don't know, it blessed my heart way more than you'll ever know. And I count it a joy and a privilege. But once again tonight, if you don't know Christ, come on, clean, I'm done. If you don't know Christ tonight, it'd be a good time to come back and it'd be a good time to come and meet him tonight. It'd be a wonderful time to come and say, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm tired. I'm beat up. It'd be a good time if you're here and you have been like I was. After wandering around, prodigal, doing your own thing. Thought you was a, what's that song? Can't even walk. Thought I was a big old man. But I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Can't do this without God by my side. Because I will mess up. I will mess up. Stand with me as she plays something. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com.
www.wc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.